Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm in the Christmas spirit, of course. You are, and here I thought you'd be kind of sad. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize we were leaping straight into Oh, I that. guess we don't have to. Maybe we can wait until we introduce the guest. Let's introduce the guest. You're in the Christmas spirit. That's good. Let's go back to that. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about Christmas movies today. I know I sure gave are. away the topic earlier than usual, but I just can't. I'm, I'm so full of the Christmas spirit. I why couldn't are we even bo- Why are we bothered by that? When Like when we give away the topic early, it's in the description. Yeah, people know what we're going to talk yeah. about. But, and uh, yet we still cling to that. Now, now, you mentioned a guest. I did. Should we do this uh, Do this first? Let's these? get that out of the way yeah. real quick. You're right. Uh, a f- couple weeks ago, we had uh, Greg Helvey on, yeah. uh, whose who's short film, Kavi, has been shortlisted to possibly be nominated for an Oscar for a live-action short. Right. Uh, and we promised to give away three copies uh, uh, to... Well, yeah, of, of one of copy Kavi. each to to three. Right. Yeah, of, <laughs> right. of copy to uh, to some randomly sele- selected emailers. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm happy to say that they're people whose names I know because they're yeah. loyal listeners. That's right. Or at least I know two of those names. That's a little McCarthy esque, <laughs> David. <laughs> hey, the randomizer. You can't. You know, hey, you I, can't I, argue with the randomizer. The, the, and the randomizer has no loyalties. <laughs> That's true. Only to itself. <laughs> All right. So, so who are three? <laughs> All right, so the three people that will receive copies of Greg Helvey's Kavi is uh, Ken Nichols. Congrats, Ken. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know why I threw that to you. Austin Luger. <laughs> yeah, I know who Austin Luger is. And uh, Stephanie Smith. That's at Steph Smith on, on Twitter. It sure is. So uh, congratulations, everybody. We will get those to you in the mail probably after the holidays. Not necessarily. I'll do what I can. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, please email your your uh, addresses to me, uh, Tyler at battleshippretension dot com, and uh, we will uh, get those to you as soon as I uh, think of it. <laughs> um, all right, now guest David. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna, okay. Yeah, uh, we have we have a guest to talk about Christmas movies. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, this this guy's eminently qualified to talk about Christmas. There's movies no question. Yeah, because he's an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedian Sean Conroy is with us. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, Good morning indeed. to you. Still I with mean, the sunglasses on. I forgot about. I forgot to mention that. that uh, yeah, it's a little I, I'm off-putting. not taking those off. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm not taking them off. So, well, my, you know, it's kind of bright in here, understandably <laughs> so. Now, okay, you mentioned sadness. Before we get to getting to know Sean Connery, right. we should. Here's the thing. It seems like every time you and I take a week off or like record something, we miss some big event. You know, it. it this couldn't have been more timely. That's right. But and more sad. But I feel like we had to get it out of the way because this happens so rarely. That you seem actually, actually kind of happy. That we can it actually happened. comment on something the day it happened because <laughs> we always seem to screw our, shoot ourselves on the foot on that. Yeah. But um, no, there is some very sad news this morning. Brittany Murphy uh, has died. Yeah, uh, of cardiac uh, cardiac arrest. Do you know what happened? Is she? Is it a drug thing? What happened? Uh, I don't think cardiac immediately makes me think drugs. Yeah, thirty-two yeah. years old cardiac. Yeah. That's kind of where you. I mean, I, I hope it's not, but you know. And is it wrong? I guess, I guess, like I, I mean, immediately think cocaine, like yeah. either crack or cocaine. At she this point, she'll is. never tell. No, but they'll <laughs> find soon? out. They'll find out. <laughs> he was quoting uh, a, li- a famous line of hers from uh, "Don't say a word." Yeah. See, I think that's not true because I don't think <laughs> that's actually famous. <laughs> it's not a famous one. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and here's the thing: is it? I feel like it's drugs for her. However. If let's say a Reese Witherspoon died of cardiac arrest, because she's or a, she, or a Topher Grace, yeah, like they're they're young as well. But if they died of cardiac arrest, my mind wouldn't immediately go to drugs. But with no. Brittany Murphy, Brittany Murphy it did. was marginally successful, <laughs> and she was clearly a party girl. Like that was sort yeah. of her reputation. I mean, didn't she date? Who did she? She dated Eminem at one point or something. Uh, I think that's true. Hmm. Yeah. Now yeah, there's the problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was just that, man, it seems that we're, we say we're sad, but all we've got is jokes to make. Uh, I was going to say, do you think she just couldn't take that, you know, uh, King of the Hill wasn't on the air anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's, she did, uh, I, I don't know this off the top of my head, I looked it up, she did mm-hmm. 231 episodes of King of the Hill as, yeah. as Luann, but, you know, let's, yeah, she was a party girl, but uh, yeah. she contributed. Yeah, she, she was you fair. Know, and she, she also played Ty in Clueless, which is uh, She a, was very talented. I, I, I did... I liked her in Don't Say a Word. I thought, and I liked her in. Um, uh, she was in Eight Mile. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I liked her in that as well. I, I thought she was a very talented actress, and I feel like if she had, you know, if she had lived, I feel like she probably would have gotten some really solid roles 
to the point, you know, I could see her winning an Oscar in a, in several you think, years. You think she had more coming in her future? Yeah, I think so. Even though she was just like a hot Hollywood actress who was sort of past her prime. But I think, here, here's the deal. She was, she was in Clueless. I think the people who are sort of maybe me and Tyler's age, I don't know how old you are, Sean, so I don't want to... Uh, 63. Okay, yeah. Oh, so me and Tyler's age who were... Uh, we're at, a, we're at a time where people who were fans of hers when they were younger are now making movies themselves, and I and I think so there's, somebody would have put her in a movie. Yeah, and I think there's people who, you know, because she was a the sort of old guard doesn't really appreciate that she was great in Clueless because they didn't see it, but people mm-hmm. our age, you know, yeah. are, are fans of hers, and I think that, I think I think that probably would have happened. I think I think someone would have given her a. a a few good roles. What are some of the other like notable roles that she was in? Because she worked a fair amount, I feel like. Um, but for the life of me off the top of my head, all I can think of is 8 Mile and Don't Say a Word. But her performance and her character in Don't Say a Word was a fairly showy one. Um, which is to say, like, you know, her character's like crazy, and so she has to do things that... Like, she... Because she was very attractive, but I don't think she was necessarily known for that. I think mm-hmm. she was known for being a... Uh, fairly good and I just don't actors. like that I feel a little excluded from the conversation. Oh, I'm by, sorry. By David saying people are <laughs> age. Oh, I don't know how really old liked is what her. I'm, is in what I'm, movies. Saying. I'm sorry. You clearly didn't see her in Clueless, but people are age. <laughs> Have you seen Clueless, Sean? I don't think that has to do with age. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm trying to think of her other role. I mean, she was in The Dead Girl. Oh yeah, which I heard was actually pretty good. She was in Little Black Book, which was terrible, but not in the way you think it's terrible. It looks oh. like a really bad romantic comedy. It's actually a really dumb satire. Oh, <laughs> it, it was mismarketed. It's the it's a different kind of terrible movie than you think it is. Oh, all right. It's kind <laughs> and of see, that's a movie where I remember the trailers for that and so uh-huh. forth. So. That's not an age thing. That just looked like a piece of shit. So <laughs> I was not interested in seeing it. What was she in with uh, Dakota Fanning? Something uh, Girls? Riding in Cars with Boys? She was in that. Was Dakota Fanning in that? What? No. It was uh, like uh, not Material Girls or something like that. Uptown Girls? Uptown Girls. Yeah. Thank you. That's the one. Yeah, that's also. Dakota Fanning wasn't in Riding in Cars with Boys? I, don't, I didn't see it. You did. <laughs> I did. Steve Zahn is in it. Yeah. That's what I remember. But uh, Okay, we got that out of the yeah, it's it's very it's very sad, and I hope I really do hope it's not drugs. Yeah, I mean, but it's sad but either what, way. Yeah, terribly sad. But what is your like? Give me a percentage of whether it's drugs or not. Uh, seventy-eight. Uh, I go that it is drugs. Yeah, seventy-eight. I go solid eighty. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what about you? What do you poor, think? Poor girl. Oh, I think it's absolutely got to be drugs. You don't yeah. die of cardiac problems at the age of thirty-two unless. Right, you're on drugs. Like pretty much, it just doesn't yeah. happen. Maybe she know? was born with a weak heart or something. Absolutely, but she wasn't. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair enough. Yes. Yeah, I guess if she was, it probably would have given out before now. Okay. Aww. On that note. Yeah. Right. Let's get to know our guest. <laughs> Happy I'm, I'm here. I'm here on a great episode. The, uh, <laughs> the Brittany Murphy Memorial episode. <laughs> yeah, and this one's one for the history books. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Sean. Uh, maybe this is just a function of me seeing more stand-up than I do improv, but I know you primarily as a Mm stand-up, but I've seen you in ASCAT and other improv stuff. Which one uh, are you? Is it a 50-50 thing for you, or what do you do more of, or what do you define yourself more as? Um, Well, I would say I define myself more as a stand-up, because that is a more defining thing. (laughs) Uh, Being an improviser is... A lot of fun, but it's so disposable that, you know... You, you are really good at it, though. Oh, thank you. By That's the way. very nice of you. Yeah. Um, and I completely agree. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's it's not something that you sort of carve out for yourself. It's just like you do it and it's gone. You know, whereas stand-up, you actually can write an act and come up with stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and be good at it. Um, so... Now, if there's a like an ASCAT uh, movie is uh, not, the, I don't think that's the right word. Like a concert film, sort of, right? Yeah, there's a DVD. Yeah, really and you're very prominent in it. So uh, I was in that. 
Now we have. I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners are comedy fans and probably know what Ascat is. But for those yeah. who don't, do you want to be the one to describe what no, Ascat is? No, I would love to hear your description of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's um, I because I, I don't know the origins of it. I know that it's it takes place at the Upright Citizens Brigade Correct. Theater, and it's um, I, I don't know about enough about improv to know how uh, what what the form is or whatever. But there's essentially a guest uh, monologist, monologist. I don't know how. You, how do you say it? I say monologist. Monologist, but, okay. but I think I there's know. I think there's alternate pronunciations. Monologist sounds like really scientific. Yeah, it sounds yeah. really great. And you have someone you know, uh, someone funny who's not an improv, or someone like uh, I didn't get to see the Billy Bragg one because I was I think recording an episode of Battleship Pretension at the time, but that would have been awesome. Uh, were you there? I was. Oh man, was he good? He was great. I'll bet. Uh, but so someone so will sort of like I guess tell a story, a true story from their life based on a suggestion from the audience mm-hmm. and then based on the elements of that story the it sort of is it five people uh, uh it, varies it, it varies widely the, yeah. the 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 cast the improvisers will do an improvised scene right uh hmm. so that, that i pretty much yeah pretty together. much absolutely and it's it's ass cat with four or five s's i don't know how many <laughs> it's around four or five yeah uh and is it um it's and it's done at the UCB LA. Is it done in New York as it's well? It's done in New York as well. It's been running in New York for I don't know twelve or thirteen years now. I'm betraying the fact that I know nothing about improv. And and it's been no. running here in LA ever since the theater opened, which was oh five. Was it oh five? Because it was like almost July right after I moved 05. here. Yeah, I think it was later. No, well, we had, a, we, had a, we had a soft opening in July of okay. 05, and then a hard opening in September or October of that year. That makes sense. So you've been doing this for a while, for several for years. A long time, yeah. Um, what was it that, uh, like, when did you start, like, officially? Um, did you start out uh, uh, as an improv guy or as a comic? I started as an improviser. This is going to be, this goes back to what we were talking about before, which is, like, course i didn't watch clueless because <laughs> i'm like 90 years old but uh i started improvising well let me defend myself i'm saying that i, I didn't mean to imply that you look old I, i'm saying you have the kind of look where i can't tell how i old get you what you're saying you, you honestly could be 18 don't don't or back 38. off don't back off uh <laughs> No, I started improvising actually in June of 1989, if you can believe that, over mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And uh, I worked with a group in Westchester, New York. We did a show. We did a show once every two months or so, which is not how to get good at anything. <laughs> uh, and I worked with them for a while. They were called Falling Rock Zone. And then I worked with, I started my own group. I was not satisfied with that. And I started my own group uh, called Out There which was awesome because I thought that was such a funny name. And then we went looking for a space and everybody was like, oh my God, a gay improv troupe. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, no, we're a uh, mistake. Uh, I could, you know, you could have turned that to your advantage. I yeah. mean, but, uh, and then I started working with a group called Chicago city limits, which was sort of a long running New York improv show. And I toured the country with them for a while. And that was all short form improv. Mm. And then in like 97, maybe, I think 96 or 97, UCB came to New York and I saw ASCAT for the first time and I had one of those moments where, you you know, your mind sort of gets blown and you go, oh my God, you can do that? That's what I want to do. So I started studying with them and, and working with them and, you know... ASCAT was a little bit different back then because there was a certain crew of people from Chicago who would do it, but then sometimes they didn't have enough people, so they would just grab, they would literally grab students out of the audience. So I would go to a show, and I would be sitting in the audience, and Matt Walsh would come up and go, hey, can you play with us tonight? Uh, And I'd be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I always felt terrible about my work. Uh, but then sort of got the, the directive after a few years of like, just come to ASCAT whenever you want. You can play whenever you want. And then things got crazy in New York because there were so many people doing it. And then I moved out here and became sort of an official <coughs> cast member out here. So, And then, uh, like, what prompted the decision because i mean you know you do an ascat it was mm-hmm. just like one of the most popular shows at ucb 
um, what prompted you to move into stand-up? Well, that sort of happened simultaneously with studying with the UCB, and that was based on having worked at Chicago City Limits for a number of years and realizing kind of what I was saying before, which is that improv is such a disposable art form that there's so many people who go to shows and go, oh my God, that was amazing. I don't really know how to explain what happened. I'm Mm going to walk away from here and maybe go buy some ice cream and have a good night. Whereas Mm -hmm. stand-up, you can actually walk away from it with, this was a joke I liked, this was a joke I Mm -hmm. liked, here's why I like this guy. So I sort of decided I wanted to do something specific instead of something that was so ephemeral. Um, So I started doing stand-up in January of 1998, Hmm. having done improv for nine years before that. And is that... uh like have you had <clears throat> have you had more success as an improviser or as a as a stand up like are you a touring stand up um, at all it's hard to say i mean i think i've had tremendous success in both like mm-hmm. i i think i like how you guys are both just looking at me like i'm serious um, <laughs> well we can't see your eyes though. we right. have no idea yeah. what's going on <laughs> um, you seem I, like I a lie with your eyes kind of guy <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I love doing both, and I don't know. I I guess, you know, I did the Ask Cat DVD, which was very cool, and mm-hmm. and I do that show every Saturday and Sunday where there's great audiences, and I've also, you know, I've done a couple of TV spots as a stand-up, and so I think I think both are are pretty great. All right. Um, do you want to? Get into the topic, you think? <laughs> well, I wanna, I do, I'm not I, sure how many. I do know. want to mention a uh, specific. Uh, you you have a bit. That I listen to a lot of NPR in the car, mm-hmm. and as a stand-up, <laughs> oh, you, you, you have a bit that it's the kind of thing that um, I didn't realize that I n- noticed about NPR until you did the bit about how everyone has either an accent or a speech impediment. Yeah. Uh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I do it, the same thing. I listen to NPR all the time in uh-huh. the car. And they do. They all have an accent or a speech impediment. It's nuts. It's cr- like, what makes those people think that they are qualified to go into radio? Like, it's almost like it's almost like they're doing it to spite the world. Like, yes, you can barely understand what I'm saying, and therefore I'm going to become a person who only talks. Yeah, I, uh... oh, man. Uh, my wife doesn't really listen to the show anymore, so I can say this. Um, so she. Yeah, I, I just she want to announce, by the way, for your listeners, that I am actually taking my sunglasses off. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> there they are. Um, oh, well, now I know exactly how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, it's older than I thought. <laughs> um, but the, uh, It's actually true. But my... My wife li- listens to a lot of uh, NPR and like uh, she listens to like the the classical station and and uh, I don't know if this guy just is the only guy they have or if I just happen to always get in the car with her when this guy is on. But the way he talks, oh my god, and it's just like, ah, what? <laughs> and I had that same thought. I'm just like, wow, like they let this guy. Like the one thing you need to do for radio is, is speak actually, intelligibly. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, and it's like, and just, and so like, and I remember I I heard that that bit of yours, and I'm like, oh, I should play this for my wife because I complain constantly whenever we listen to it. Like I like classical music, but this guy is ruining it for me. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't think I'll play that for her because then it's gonna seem like. Uh, because uh, like a minor fight started out of it, and uh, it's like, yeah, maybe it wouldn't look good. It's like, look, this guy's on my side. But uh, I love that you're having minor fights with your wife about <laughs> classical music DJs. <laughs> well, speaking of classical music, Handel's Messiah, Messi- Birth of the Messiah, Christmas, and we're into the topic. How smooth was that? Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's smooth if you say, hey, guys, look at this. What do you think? So <laughs> let's get into it, shall we? Let's talk. Let's talk about Christmas movies. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right. So, David, if there's one thing I know about you, uh-huh. and there's at least one, it's that you are not you yourself are not a big fan of Christmas. Not really. No. Well, what is your take on Christmas movies? I have to assume you hate them all. 
I like Die Hard. <laughs> and Gremlins. All right. And I like the no- ref with Dennis Leary. Knowing full well that you were going to say those first two and to a lesser extent that third one, uh, I guess we should get into like what qualifies a Christmas movie. Is it a movie that merely takes place at Christmas? Because Eyes Wide Shut takes place at Christmas. And also, why do you hate Christmas? Like, why are you being so... I don't hate so... Christmas. I just don't... I don't feel any real connection to it. You know? I, mm. I mean, I have good memories of being a kid... Uh, but I guess I don't beyond the things that are fun for a kid about Christmas. Mm. I, I don't really see the the big the big deal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's I, I don't I I'm trying to avoid going off on the whole commercialism thing. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's really hackneyed. But yeah, it does kind of kind of bother me. It's why that's uh, I've said it it's before. It's crazy all the ads they have. <laughs> yeah, and they go up so early. Seems like earlier every year. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving, you hear Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, okay, I've said it before. In defense of that, there is no Thanksgiving music. So, <laughs> yeah, except for the Adam Sandler song. Um, it's a good song. But, it's um, all about turkey. Yeah, but uh, like I said before, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because you don't have to, you don't have to buy anybody anything. It's just about getting together with either your family or your sort of. Uh, de facto family of friends yeah. and, and eating and i like getting together with people i care about and i like food yeah so now i feel the same way i feel that thanksgiving is the best holiday but i'm interested do you think if you polled a lot of people would everybody agree with that like i find no because traditionally everybody would say christmas right like everybody yeah. would be like christmas Among is my the friends, best everyone loves halloween and that kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit but yeah Halloween's really big out here. That's like I've only been here a. Uh, oops, sorry. Um, like that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Halloween is really big in Los Angeles. Like I, I noticed it. Uh, I've only been out here for a few years, and uh, it's why is it? So yeah, big but that's out because here? In, in Los Angeles, everybody's biggest goal in life is to dress up as somebody else and act like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's why they love Halloween. Um, and I I love Christmas, David. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, look at that tree over there. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's, nice actually, it's actually not at all. We didn't even have time to hang ornaments. But uh, but I do love Christmas, and, uh, and I myself, <clears throat> I like the present buying aspect of it because um, I, I, I like receiving presents, uh, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I really like the idea of just an excuse to be generous. Uh, and uh, I'm always, uh, I like looking for an excuse to be generous, and Christmas provides me with one where it's just like, hey, I can be a little more extravagant with buying stuff for my wife and stuff. Yeah, better person than I am. Well, there, <laughs> that goes, a, that goes, always been true. That goes without <laughs> saying. We had that reader, that, that listener poll, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which of us is better? And I, man, it was actually Destroyed. devastating. <laughs> But uh, are you a, a fan of Christmas? I do love Christmas. Um, not the gift-giving aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not good at that. Like, I always end up, th- literally the night before, like, <laughs> ah, somebody will like these socks, <laughs> you know? Because uh, I just... I'm not thoughtful. I don't think ahead and go like, here's what this person would really like. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole aspect of getting together with my family to me is, is Mm -hmm. wonderful about Christmas, especially Mm -hmm. since I moved out here and I'm away from everybody all the time because I have a big, I I come from a big family. I have four little brothers. I now have Mm -hmm. eight nieces and nephews. I have sisters-in-laws and boyfriends and like it just there's a crazy amount of people that i have to get together with and so like over thanksgiving this year i missed going home and seeing everybody and i ended up skyping with them (laughs) for two hours which was hilarious uh just people coming in and out of the room the whole time (laughs) like you know uh so i so i like that aspect of it um and it's also very interesting to me the difference between what Christmas was like as I was growing up versus what it's like now in my parents' house. Because when I was growing up, my parents were very focused on the idea of including people who had nowhere else to go at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. 
which meant there was always like five or six very elderly hobos sort of not okay. hobos but people who were socially mm. unappealing you know <laughs> uh and we all had to sort of focus on them the whole time and now that they have eight grandchildren it's all about the fucking maniacs <laughs> running around doing whatever the fuck they want to the entire time so it's it's pretty fun um now uh so David brought up his uh, some of his favorite uh, Christmas movies. Well, okay, actually, uh, no, you brought up an interesting topic. The, yeah, is Eyes Wide Shut a Christmas movie just because it takes place at Christmas? And I yeah. say no because Christmas doesn't factor into it. But right. Die Hard. You don't think part Cru- of the story. you don't think Cruz and Kidman had a little bit of the Christmas spirit during Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely giving each other weird advent presents the whole time <laughs> they didn't show that part but that was going on certainly on the subtext yeah yeah like who's my secret santa <laughs> it's the dude in the bird mask <laughs> my, my point about diehard is that it's it's sort of important important if not necessarily to like the basics of the plot is important to the feel of the movie that it takes place at Christmas. It, it's, it comes in at all the edges. It's very much a movie that takes place around Christmas, and, and that's what makes it a Christmas movie is that not just that it happens to take place some to- somewhere near the end of December, but that that informs the feel of the film. And the score, you know, Michael came and put all those, like, jingling bells and yeah. the score and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then, that's why it's a Christmas movie. And Gremlins uh, is also a Christmas movie because... So it's... So really... Uh, for a film to be a Christmas movie, in, in your opinion, it's Christmas has to play a big role, but not be not necessarily be the primary push of the story. Right. Like Die Hard could have taken place at a, uh, another time of the year. Yeah, but it would have a different feel to it. <clears throat> okay. And I mean, look at It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's not, that's not strictly a Christmas story. It really isn't. It, but it's seen as a Christmas movie, and I think that's... What about a Christmas story? I like that movie a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, that I is think pretty that one, strictly a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that one could take place. in, yeah. in uh, well, I mean, I guess there's Christmas in July sales. But wait, what if Die Hard? What that. if Die Hard took place like St. Patrick's Day, Easter? You know, <laughs> how would that change the movie? Uh, well, I mean, John McClane's sort of dilemma is that he's trying to sort of mend his relationship with his his wife, who's who's estranged and lives with his. His family, you know, and he's there. He's in Los Angeles for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's that sort of undercurrent uh, of character motivation, which mm-hmm. is uh, what makes Die Hard the best action film of all time, uh, is uh, is is directly tied to to, the, to Christmas. So it's the, sort of the know. emotional weight of Christmas time yeah. gives him as a character something to cling on to at that yeah. point. It's yeah. a season of reconciliation, isn't it, David? Yeah. And, you know, they don't uh, – Hans Gruber and associates don't storm the building just in the middle of a work day. They storm during the Christmas party, mm-hmm. you know. It's all the more, I guess, there's all the more dramatic irony to that, I guess, <laughs> that they were celebrating Christmas. And all of a sudden, here's this, you know, European guy firing guns into the air. and <laughs> He's just vaguely European. <laughs> he kind of is. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know where he's from. He's just European. I yeah. think officially he's German, isn't he, or Austrian? Yeah, his name's Hans Gruber, so yeah, yeah. he's probably from that German-speaking. But he, yeah, but he doesn't like have a, like a strong German accent. He sounds pretty British the whole time. I don't know. We've had that discussion about how you know some he people... actually. In, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but okay. the, if you read the script, he's from Liechtenstein. <laughs> See, it's that kind of uh, quick thinking that you can see every week. Elric Man actually lived in Liechtenstein for a month to prepare for that role. He was very method about it. Yeah. Um, but he also uh, killed people. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I love Die Hard and Gremlins, uh, and I guess I do think of them as Christmas movies primarily because I've known you for a long time, and you always bring them up as your favorite Christmas movies. Um, but, uh, but David, you and I have been talking for too long. Yeah. We have a right. guest. How's it going there, Sean? <laughs> I'm okay. All right. Uh, Do you have some, some favorite I Christmas wish movies? I still had my sunglasses on. <laughs> they're, they're right there. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're too far to reach. <laughs> I, uh, 
do I have see I I you know I said this to you guys before the show started I feel underqualified to actually be a guest on this show because mm-hmm. I don't pay close enough attention like Gremlins I know I've seen it but I just don't remember it at all uh, so yeah. and Die Hard obviously I love Die Hard because I agree with you it's like the greatest action movie of all time yeah. mm-hmm. um it's a wonderful life I think is a great Christmas movie because who who among us does not at some point over the Christmas holidays become suicidal, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then decide to keep going. <laughs> well, there are some among us who don't decide to keep going <laughs> right. uh, because I know the suicide rates go up at Christmas time. But uh, but but it's actually you know it's very like classic life affirming. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hadn't lived, everything wouldn't be as good. Uh, yeah. So that's nice, and then um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a choice here as to my favorite Christmas movie that might be a little bit disappointing to you guys, but okay, I really do love it. I think it's a great, I think it's a really good movie, and also just a great Christmas movie, which is Love Actually. Oh yeah, I do enjoy Love Actually. That's a good one. Um, because the whole thing is just leading up to yeah Christmas, you know yeah. Starts with the five weeks, five weeks till Christmas is like the first mm-hmm. time thing, yeah. and uh, ends with the Christmas pageant and the girls singing, and then the airport scene, and then everybody coming back together at the end. Yeah, and then of course there's Bill Nighy's terrible Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it sort of makes fun of the commercialism of Christmas at the same time as it embraces it. Yeah. You know, and it's also great because. Everything does not work out for everybody in that movie. Right. Some of it does. Some of it's like very sweet and romantic, but there's the whole relationship between our old friend Hans Gruber and uh, <laughs> Emma Thompson, which is just like <laughs> at the end they get back together in the in the airport and it's just like, hey, what's up? Nothing. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Great. Like <laughs> n- things are not good. You know, yeah. things are not good between them. But, well, that's part of what Christmas is, to <laughs> act like everything's fine when it very much isn't. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to put that out there as as kind of my favorite uh, Christmas movie. But but like I said, I'm underqualified because I haven't seen a lot of movies. I mean, I love whenever whenever Christmas rolls around and you sort of catch moments of like the old um, uh, Dickens, like Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. like from like. I don't know when it's from, but it's black and white from like the 30s or something. Is that with, uh, what's the name, Alistair Sim? Yeah. Yeah. And you see that, it's like, two things always go through my head. One is like, what a great story. And two is like, this is so fucking slow moving. (laughs) Well, obviously, Christmas Carol couldn't have been fully realized until Robert Zemeckis and Jim Carrey got together Oof. with the motion capture technology and he okay hang on <laughs> he rides a rocket to the moon okay which Charles Dickens does that really happen that. he rides a rocket to the <laughs> I moon the trailer. I have uh. no idea what happened so here's what it is because I recently uh, I, it would be very generous to say that I read A Christmas Carol as I was working I was listening to an unabridged audiobook of it which is like the it's like reading it yeah. oh. and um and I've I've seen all different versions of uh, a Christmas Carol. I love the story, um, and I did see the Zemeckis one uh, with my nephew, uh-huh. and uh, I was not looking forward to it. I was not expecting it to be very good, uh, and then I saw it, and uh, and the the moments where he like is really faithful to the to the story and mm-hmm. the language, uh, that's most of it. But then every once in a while, like all the stuff in the trailer is like new stuff that he added to, I guess, appeal to children. Um, and because Robert Zemeckis, has got, with, with every film, gets further and further away from character and story and just wants to do, just wants to show off what he can do with motion capture. Yeah. Like have Jim Carrey play like four roles. He plays yeah. Scrooge. But, or I'm just and thinking of the, the part in the Polar Express where the ticket blows out the window and it's like five minutes of the camera just following the ticket as it gets blown <laughs> across like the leaves and stuff and it's so boring and it's just him trying to show off. Now, David, that was an homage to the feather in Forrest Gump. Come on now. <laughs> um, and the plastic bag in... American... Yeah. yeah. I think right. that one stayed still. <laughs> Didn't have to get all showy. It just sort of... It kept to a general area. 
Um, but yeah, that rocket to the moon. Here's what the deal. What is it actually? Okay, so the Ghost of Christmas Past looks like a candle. All right, like it ha- like his head is f- like flaming, and he carries like one of those little uh, snuff things that you mm-hmm. put on a candle. Well, and I thought like that's weird. So that that rocket thing. I love those things, by the way. They're kind of. There's kinda nothing great. more satisfying <laughs> than Christmas time at my parents because my parents go fucking crazy at Christmas time, mm-hmm. putting incredible amounts of Christmas stuff around, and there's candles everywhere. And there's nothing more satisfying than just walking through the dining room <laughs> and snuffing all the candles <laughs> with a candle snuffer. I don't know what you call it, but like. Oh, what a great feeling! Sorry, go ahead. No, it's it's and and so the the ghost of Christmas past it carries uh, this big, you know, candle snuffer, and there's got to uh, be a real word for it. There's got to be because it yeah. sounds kind of inappropriate somehow. <laughs> um, and so there's a part where Scrooge he's had enough of this ghost of Christmas past, so he takes the snuffer and uh, like jams it over the whole spirit. And it's gone. And it's like ah, oh, I win. I'm Scrooge. He doesn't say that, but like. Uh, uh, and then, like, it starts to shake, and like, oh, and then, like, it shoots him, and he's holding on to the to the snuffer, and it looks like a rocket, because, like, there's stuff shooting out the back, and, and he's taking him high into the air. Um, and so... But, so, there's no logic to why the candle snuffer doesn't work on the no, Christmas spirit. No, Who looks like a candle. But what's... And also, he's in his... His nightshirt is yeah. December in London. Yeah. If you're taking him miles into the air, it's, it's going to be freezing. It's, it, there's a spiritual element to this. Well, David. let's 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 back off that a little bit because some of the things in Die Hard could have never happened either. <laughs> you know, that's true. Um, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't see what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been trapped on the roof of a building, wrapped the fire hose around myself, and just and then just as down. the top of the building exploded, yeah. you somehow managed to. Yeah, yeah. But David, you might recall the realism. That's the thing about the the Zemeckis film is there's a certain degree of realism, like you know when. Scrooge is walking around barefoot on broken glass, and he's actually bleeding. You know? <laughs> um, but the uh, but what I what I came to realize because just everything about that seemed weird. Uh, but in in listening to the audio book, uh, it sounds like the design of the Ghost of Christmas Past is pretty faithful to like Dickens' uh-huh. creation of it, and and there are certain aspects like when uh, when Marley's ghost, you know, who's wrapped in chains and all that, when he leaves. Scrooge goes to the window and sees a lot of other ghosts like Marley wrapped in chains, like trying to do good on the street now, but they can't. It's too late. And that image, it's in the film, and it's really disturbing, and really, you, it really got an emotional reaction out of me. And I thought, wow, good for Robert Zemeckis. Come to find out, that is in the book as well, but nobody's ever done it because nobody ever could. And so, to his credit, he did see it as an opportunity to do things that nobody could have done uh, previously because of, you know, uh, limited technology. That said, you know, there's a part where uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come shows up and Scrooge decides, I'm going to run away from the ghost. I'm too scared. Again, he doesn't say that exactly. Um, and uh, and so, like, he runs and the ghost, like, turns him to the size of a mouse and then he's, like, through a rip-roaring adventure in, like, the sewer pipes of London and then he gets smacked in the face with icicles. And just like, what the hell... Are you putting comic relief in the grimmest part of the story? <laughs> like it's just—it's so ridiculous. Those moments just made me roll my eyes, and you could—you could just take them out, uh-huh. and the story would be the same. What um, did your What did your nephew think of that part? He liked it. I yeah. mean, he liked the whole thing. Actually, mm-hmm. he's eight, and uh, and in watching it, I was like, "This is like you know, this is the old English." And there's a lot of scenes of people just sitting around talking. I wonder if he's going to be bored. And he wasn't, and he liked those sequences as well. And he was like legitimately frightened at like the ghost of Christmas yet to come, and uh, and so it. Uh, so he did. He bring it. up the thing about how if Scrooge was wearing a nightshirt and he was two miles up <laughs> in the did. air, he did. And the temperature uh, drops ten degrees every <laughs> thousand feet. So you know, yeah, he's a, he's a, you know a smart kid, mm-hmm. smart kid. I think I have a picture of him. Yeah, there we go. That's that's my nephew right there. So his hair is long. He's like a little punk. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I wound up enjoying uh, Zemeckis' Christmas Carol. <laughs> a Zemeckis' Christmas Carol <laughs> sounds like something on Hallmark. But um, uh, I wound up enjoying it way more than I thought I would. But that said, uh, I recently rewatched A Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? No. It's great. 
It's real. I don't really remember it. It's my. It's got Michael Caine as Scrooge, and he's like really committing to the role, and it's just like he knows he's acting alongside like a felt frog, right? <laughs> and uh, and it, and he commits to it, and it's uh, really touching. I I I really do love the basic story of a Christmas Carol. And what do you have a, a favorite? Is is the Alistair Sim one your favorite uh, Christmas Carol or? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen the Muppet one. I can't even remember <laughs> other ones. Uh, What's who else has played? George C. Scott has played Scrooge. Obviously, oh, there's like the Bill one. Murray one, but I haven't seen that in long enough to Scrooged. actually. Scrooge is is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that one a lot, and it's uh, it's got a really dark sense of humor at times. Yeah. You know, the, when the when the ghost of Christmas Past comes, he's got like. A golf ball sticking out of the back of his rotting skull. No, that's that's. Oh, the, that's the Marley. Yeah, character. yeah. Character. You're right. Okay. Yeah, because Ghost of Christmas Past is Buster Poindexter that's as right. a as a cab driver. So we're supposed to assume that Marley was killed by being hit in the head with a golf ball. Yeah. Interesting. Because in this world, he's a corporate executive, mm-hmm. and, and, that's, and that's how yeah. those guys die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I think I'm sure the I, likelihood goes. I up. think what I love about the <laughs> Alistair Sim one is like, it's such a. Th- the mic's not in front of your mouth right now. Sorry. I, <laughs> it's such a throwback. Like, it's almost like it's so connected to the way Dickens would have thought of it when he yeah. wrote it. Because Alistair Sim was acting before there was, like, method acting. So it's so over the top and yeah. so, like, almost vaudeville house kind of <laughs> acting. And, like, I don't know. It just... It, it, it seems bigger than life somehow, uh-huh. and so I, I I enjoy that. Yeah, he uh, like when he when things are going well and he's made his transformation to like the positive Scrooge. He's just so you're like this guy needs to be like checked into a mental institution. Right, it's like, like he, he should be medicated. <laughs> right, because he's so it, happy all of a sudden. Yeah, at this point you just think like, oh well, Scrooge is just a manic depressive. Like that's right. or bipolar. I'm sorry, that's the that's the appropriate term right now. What are you looking at me for? I don't know. It seems like you would know that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's see. So Patrick Stewart has played Scrooge. Oh, I didn't see that one. But yeah, I'm, I, I'd forgotten about the George C. Scott one. That was which I've never seen. Actually, it's really good. I I don't doubt it's it. It's probably my favorite or the Bill Murray one. I actually did. I worked at the Central Park Zoo in Manhattan mm-hmm. for a summer once, and we we did. A puppet show based on oh. a Christmas Carol, but it was about developers and the <laughs> rainforest. Like it was a guy who was a developer who was cutting down lumber in the Brazilian rainforest. Yeah, uh, but it was the same exact story. And uh, does it take place at Christmas? Had nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> Completely ignored the Christmas. The Completely ignored the Christmas <laughs> aspect of it. So basically, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Dickens would have loved that. But it was the same. It was the same exact story. And the best thing about it was uh, the guy who was in charge of the whole program, who wrote the scripts for this thing, mm-hmm. uh, would get very angry with us if we didn't get the words exactly right. Like mm. if we just sort of improvised our way through the script <laughs> and through the beats of the script. And he actually took one of my friends aside once and said, just so you know, these words are like Shakespeare to me. Like He basically compared himself (laughs) to Shakespeare for ripping off Charles Dickens. (laughs) He's like, look, I spend the better part of an afternoon on this thing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like these, my words are like Shakespeare to me. So what you're saying is that that was your favorite uh, interpretation of Christmas Carol. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. (laughs) So was there literally like the ghost of Rainforest Past and it's like a lush, wonderful place? Yeah, I can't remember, but it was like, it was different creatures Mm. represented. So rather than the, you know, the Rainforest Past, it was like, uh, what were they? It was some like species of monkey that was becoming extinct so mm-hmm. that represented like uh-huh. rainforest past and then you know it was just hilariously bad <laughs> so of course rainforest yet to come it's just like it's all just stumps right and all right. buildings <laughs> man yeah that sounds like a lot of progress actually. and i also did the sea lion shows there <laughs> All right. Did you incorporate Dickens in it? No. That was that was more Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> a, lot um, of, a lot of Faulkner. 
If you look over on the rock there, Alice looks like she's filled with a little sound and fury. <laughs> Um, speaking of, this is a complete tangent, but speaking okay. of other Dickens stories, has anybody besides me watched the the Little Dorrit miniseries, the masterpiece? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great. I would I would recommend checking it out. It's about five hours long, but it's uh, really really good. I think have they done it? Bef- like, didn't they do it with Alec Guinness uh, years ago? Like uh, twenty yeah. twenty five years ago? That might have been an actual it. movie. Okay, but uh, yeah, I uh, but, uh, I know no, nothing t- about Tom, it. Tom Courtenay is in the oh. uh, the the new one, and I, it, it got a but. It got a bunch of Emmy nominations, and it's just gotten some some Golden Globe TV nominations as well. So I'm just recommending that. I'm a big fan of Tom Courtenay. I like him uh, a lot. Who wouldn't be? Um, so thank, what else? Thank you for that. That uh, <laughs> that could not have been more dismissive. <laughs> what other Christmas movies did we watch as kids, or are there any more that we make a, a point? Well, here's to something watch? I'll say, which is not it's not at all a Christmas movie. Okay. But it's a movie I watch every Christmas because I go home to my parents' house and it's sitting there, mm-hmm. and it's. It's pretty good. I think you'll agree that it's a pretty good movie, which right. is Casablanca. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. It's like my favorite movie of all time. So all I right. kind of consider that, like I associate it with Christmas, so I count it as a Christmas movie. Because I'm That's, like, let me throw that in again. It is a great movie. There's yes. no question. Yes. And, uh, and Rick, Rick is Rick is very giving. <laughs> Wait, that's... At the end, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. 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 So he's kind of in a he's kind of like a, a Scrooge himself. He's very you know, he sticks his neck out for nobody. Right. Bah humbug you might as well be saying, right? right. <laughs> you you despise me, don't you, Rick? Oh man. If I gave you any thought I would. Yes. What a great oh man. <laughs> we are on Casablanca now. Yeah. Um So oh. yeah, so sorry, but I just you know, like I said, I associate that with Christmas, so I recently rewatched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You've you've seen it, I'm sure, both of you, right? Uh-huh. I don't remember. It's uh, I found there's just as many movies that are cynical about Christmas as there are like movies that are like very pro Christmas, and uh-huh. I'd say at this point it's actually starting to turn more that way. Uh, just in general, uh, my people are winning. That everything they is sure. just cynical at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, well, if you look at a, look at a Christmas story, like that's it's really it's cynical, a really cynical movie, and it's become like a a perennial favorite. Yeah, I mean, I guess because. I think because the the you know as as you were talking about like they uh, by the end like all the things that Christmas is, that we're told Christmas is about which is like oh it's about a you know a big turkey and it's about getting exactly what you want but by the end they've pretty much shed all of the aspects of Christmas that that wind up being kind of such a stressful element of the holiday and now they're just eating with the family at a Chinese restaurant and they're having fun with each other mm-hmm. like I think that's why it turns out. Why it ends uh, ends on a pos- how it ends on a positive note is it's still it's about family and togetherness and and all that but. right but 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 I think a lot of the cynicism comes from the fact that everybody hates being around their family yeah so it's yeah. just like oh Christmas is the worst nightmare I could ever endure because I have to deal with these fucking people again yeah Christmas uh, Christmas vacation is just that it's all about like this guy who he wants the perfect Christmas. And but it, uh, it's all his relatives, and he hates all his relatives. It's really, it's really depressing. And uh, and the and the, the part l- in the attic where he's looking at the old films and stuff. That's not bad. Yeah. But yeah, depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's like a it's like touching, but then it's like uh, it's not like that anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Things have changed. How come there's no? Here's my question. How come there's no movie like a romantic comedy mm. about? Joseph and Mary not being able to get a room <laughs> at the hotel. Like like a farce. Yeah. You know? Like, look, honey, I'm sorry I didn't make reservations. <laughs> We're going to have to sleep in the barn. Are you fucking kidding me? You fucking no-planning motherfucker. I'm not... S- no, look, we need to go in there. It's going to be warm. There's animals in there. But that's the thing is that scene can mirror an earlier scene where she goes, hey, I'm pregnant and you're but not I'm... the father. There isn't a father specifically speaking. Yeah. And he goes, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'll go along with this. I'm not going to put too much effort into it. I'm not going to make reservations or anything. And then like the three wise men show up and it's like, really, you're the three wise men? <laughs> How are you wise? One of them will be played by Andy Samberg. This is great. How do we... <laughs> the three of us, we got to write this right after we write that uh, that movie about the mob buying a baseball team. Um, that's a 
Yeah, that is a Reference guaranteed to a past episode. Yeah, that's a guaranteed money maker that we came up with uh, years ago. I like it. Um, but uh, I tell you, uh, I guess Bad Santa is a Christmas movie uh-huh. in the sense that uh, it takes it's everything that about Santa it is, is in the title. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about Christmas. But at the same time, it's just so it's so generally anti-christmas you've seen bad santa I'm yeah sure, right? yeah i love bad santa but it's just like i watch him like oh i feel bad now <laughs> i laugh a lot but at the end it's just like oh, there's that christmas suicide thing coming up um but uh but there is one that is so unabashedly sentimental and I totally buy it and i really love it and it's miracle on 34th street oh, i'm so glad you said that because that was one that it was a big. I, I ha- haven't seen it since I was young, but mm-hmm. it was one that my family that we watched every every Christmas. I've never seen the original. Jen, really? my wife, owns the remake with Richard Attenborough as uh, Chris Kringle, huh. and it's great. And it's so sappy and so sentimental. But it's uh, it's a it, first off, it's gorgeous to look at. Like the cinematography and production design is really great. But like. Richard Attenborough, who I know primarily as, you know, the crazy billionaire from Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. uh, as Santa Claus, like, it really, like, he he alone makes me, like, really, like, emotional because he just, when he talks about, like, what Christmas is supposed to be and what Santa Claus is a symbol for, uh, it's just like, right, yes, I gotta go give to charity or something. Um, and there's a scene where... You know, he's and it apparently is a, uh, you know, it's 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 meant to evoke like a, a scene in the in the older one where Santa Claus speaks a different language to uh, somebody. Having okay. not seen the old one, apparently that's something that happens. And uh, yeah. Spanish, P- is it, possibly is it Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it might yes, it might be or Esperanto. Um, they probably had back then. <laughs> they just called it Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in this one, he talks about all the languages that he can speak. And then there's a part where, you know, he's, he's sitting and, and this girl comes up and goes, oh, hello. And then the mom says, uh, she's, you know, she's deaf and, you know, she just wanted to see you, you know. And then he goes into sign language and uh, it gets me. Like, it really, <laughs> just like seeing, like the, the, the little girl they got to play it and just the way she lights up when she sees that I don't have to just sit and look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, t- I'm getting choked up now. It is so... <laughs> touching and it's done so beautifully like moments like that where it's there's not a a big swell of music it's just like this connection between these two people um that that to me might be like one of my favorite moments in any christmas movie or maybe any movie um (laughs) because it's just done so well and and uh and richard attenborough as uh santa claus is just so i don't know he's just so uh just generally pleasant, but not in like an annoying. Uh, not to imply that Alistair, Alistair Sim was annoying, but not in. No, that he kind was of... though. He was like he was <laughs> right. such a big, giant actor. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I did see uh, the original School for Scoundrels, um, and Alistair Sim plays the. Uh, this is a weird sentence. Alistair Sim plays the Billy Bob Thornton role um, that uh, that he played. Of in the course, remake. he does. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, a lot of people don't know that Alistair Sim used to walk around with a vial of blood around his neck <laughs> from but was... his current paramour. <laughs> she didn't know it. Though. No, that's no, the no, thing. No. You couldn't he got just it do while that. she was asleep. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, uh, the new Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I, I feel like. I feel like, you know, some of our listeners, uh, some of our more cynical listeners will watch and be like, oh, Tyler is such a sap. But, man, I buy it every time. Like, I was going to be working at the computer, and uh, as it is the Christmas season, Jen threw it in the DVD player just to, you know, kill some time while I was working. And uh, I found myself drifting over there, and <laughs> we just watched the, We had work we had to do, and I just watched the movie for two hours. And but here's uh, my question. Okay. Suppose your listeners are thinking... Tyler is such a sap. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Is it bad to be a sap? Because I feel like I'm a bit of a sap too. Okay. But doesn't that make life better? If you can go through the Christmas time of like, sometimes this is actually nice. I Instead think... of just being like David and bitter and angry all the time. <laughs> like... 
Now, in my defense, last night my girlfriend and I watched the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I teared up as I do every time I watch <laughs> yeah. that. So I'm a bit of a sap, too. Yeah, David is not as cynical as one would assume okay. um, because David li- uh, loves Disneyland as much as I do. and uh, As that- much as any thinking, breathing, oh, yeah. right-minded person. Are you, are you a fan of Disneyland? Uh, not particularly. Oh, dead inside. It's so it's so great. I just haven't been there in a long time. And going to Disneyland at Christmas, watch out. Yeah, it's it's it is the the absolute best. Uh, but uh, yeah, to me, like like a person's attitude towards Christmas and, and Disneyland is how I'm able to determine. And that's when I figured out, like, I can't go to Disneyland with just anybody. Like, I went with uh, with somebody who. Um, She's a very she's a very nice person. Uh, I'm I'm a good we're we're good friends and all that. But uh, <laughs> the first ride we go on is Pirates of the Caribbean. That's mm. that's that's our rule. We always go there, and then we'll. Which is interesting because anywhere else besides Disneyland, you mm-hmm. call it the Caribbean, but somehow yeah. at Disneyland it's Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Yeah, you know it's oh, well that's now next time I'll be like, hey, let's go to Pirates of the. Car- but I also like that Car- you go on weird trips to disneyland with random people yeah like you're like i can't just go to disneyland with anybody but i went with this person (laughs) and that was weird have the year like the past yeah Uh we have the annual pass okay um and so uh you know our friends are like oh well we've been meaning to go to disneyland let's go with you guys you guys love it so much Mm -hmm. and uh but but this one girl we i said well we got to go on pirates of the caribbean as we're standing in line she goes so like is this like a roller coaster is it lame and it's just like well, I don't know what to say. I guess it's lame. Um, you've it's certainly me... not like a roller coaster. <laughs> right. So it's... if my only other choice is that it's lame, then I will declare it lame. But it's the... And so just like the minute she said that, I'm like, oh, I don't think I can come to Disneyland mm-hmm. with her again because now I feel lame for loving this ride so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's odd that you bring that up is that like, you know, there... I... I in my younger years, I'm not I'm not uh, the old man that, that you clearly are, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to put my sunglasses. <laughs> uh, but in my in my younger years, like like being cyni- uh, you know cynical and like a smart ass and just seeming you know like like too cool for everything. It's like, look, I get it. Christmas is about this. You what know? about school? How'd you feel about school? I was too cool for it. I had you pegged. I figured you were too cool for school. So yeah. So if you put that together, it's too cool for school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the uh, so uh, so I thought that that was you know that oh that's the way to be like everyone else. Let them enjoy whatever it is they're enjoying. I'm going to be back here enjoying nothing. And uh, and as time has gone on, I've gotten a lot more sentimental about things and really sappy. And I found it immensely rewarding. Yeah, it is. Like Christmas is about being sappy. I think you know. Oh yeah. And why not embrace that? Yeah. And it's just it gives me, you know, I, I, I always look forward to Christmas time. I do kind of regret that I don't that I no longer live in in Chicago because Chicago at Christmas was really wonderful. Like downtown, like the city was beautiful to look at and you just walk around and it's, you know, very chilly and everyone's bundled up, but they're still out walking around anyway. And it was really wonderful. But uh, but yeah, I I enjoy the Christmas season and uh, and I won't apologize for it, listeners. Where are you going for Christmas this year? <laughs> I'm going uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, that'll be very wintry oh. and Christmassy. Here's the thing: there's a difference between like wintry, which is like 20 to 30 degrees, and like like death-defying cold. <laughs> and Minnesota is like it's always in the negative. Yeah, it's just like this is just not pleasant, you know. All right. like, That's coach- actually on the license plate for Minnesota. <laughs> always in the negative. <laughs> That's their state slogan. Not, not this is just not pleasant. It's, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the alternate. Yeah, that's, you know, that's when you drive into the Twin Cities, it's like, oh, this is the St. Paul City limit. This is not very pleasant. Um, but but uh, I'll be going back to St. Louis for the first time. That's right. I mean, I haven't been back to St. Louis, but I'll be going back for Christmas for the first time since 2004. Oh, wow, I really? Spent, I haven't spent a Christmas there in uh, in five years. Are you looking forward to it? I actually am. Yeah. 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 Because I'm taking my girlfriend, who's a South, Southern California native, and oh. hasn't really had a... A wintry Christmas experience before, so that'll be fun. Really, ever in her life? No, well, that's a lot of I, pressure. Also, also Just take it easy on her, because that's a lot of pressure to put on her. Like, yeah. isn't this great, honey? <laughs> <laughs> See yeah. how it's sort of dingy out and gray, <laughs> and there's like moisture in the air. 
See how you have to wear all this really unflattering clothing yeah. to not die? <laughs> oh, it's the best. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Are you me. having a good time? <laughs> um, well, uh, are, oh, there, are there any more uh, Christmas movies we had to, had to list? Uh, I, I do enjoy Elf, actually. Yeah, um, I think Elf is gonna, I think it's going to become uh, like a, a thought of as a Christmas a, classic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be a while before it gets classic right. status. I have never seen it. It's very funny. It's it's very funny. Um, and you know, it's a it's a modern Christmas film, and so I kind of thought that a lot of the laughs would come from like a you know, oh look at this elf doing things that are you know or. It's like, oh, he's not aware of all these inappropriate comments and stuff like that and, and how, how uh, you know, broken this world is. He's just so, you know, I thought it, he'd be like Kenneth the Page from 30 Rock. I mean, he kind of is, but his, but like Will Ferrell really commits to the nature of that character and, and uh, damned if I'm not there with him. Like, the, there are the characters that are cynical, and then there's him who's really sappy and really loves Christmas. And uh, after a while, I'm just like, I'm tired of these cynical characters. I would, I, why can't they just be happy? It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed I, it. I, I always liked his his line about when he he warns about the, the cars on the streets in New York, and yeah. he says, his warning, the yellow ones don't stop. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I can say I visited New York City for the first time in my life back in June, and the yellow ones don't stop. That is true. They, You're I, just I, not doing it right. <laughs> I almost got... got the yellow around. ones do stop. You just have to know how to make them stop. <laughs> the key is to slam on the hood and say, I'm walking here. <laughs> right. Um, and but, then die on a bus. <laughs> Um, and on that note, I guess we should uh, end our uh, Christmas episode. Um, but uh, now, Sean, do you? Uh, where can people find you uh, online? Well, I have a website, seanconroy.com. I'm also right. on Facebook. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. At Sean Conroy. I'm on MySpace. Still, okay. my MySpace. Off of what we were just saying, my MySpace is myspace.com backslash prone cynic. <laughs> But that does not really demonstrate my attitude towards yeah. life. Uh, so yeah, all those all right. places. And then there are—I um, don't know if there if they are uh, other places, but there's a lot of clips of uh, of your stand up on uh, F and Funny. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, F and Funny for those—it's e f f i n funny dot com. Yeah. And so. of course, the Ascat DVD. Yeah. Is available places. Yeah. Probably and on if, Amazon. Yeah, I'd imagine. And if you have Netflix, uh, it is available on the Netflix Watch instantly right oh, now. Great. So, um, and it's yeah, and it's uh, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch all of it, but what I saw was really great. I'm not. I'm I've not never like, seen it, so I'm just hopeful that like I felt like it went okay when we shot it, but mm-hmm. you know I got to watch it at some point to well, see. Well, if it was crap, I imagine they wouldn't have released it. Right, and we also shot four shows. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, it's sort of the edited down version of like I. I, what's interesting is that I'm not like a huge fan of of improv because I feel oh like, me neither that stuff <laughs> sucks. Well, what I mean is like I've seen you know like I did I did theater in high school and mm-hmm. I, I had friends who did theater in college and everyone was like part of like an improv group and so like they hey, all suck. Comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, when it's done well, like there's nothing better. Like it is so invigorating. It's like this is amazing. Right. All these people are just kind of. They're just winging it, and it's hysterical. It's a weird thing because, you know, they, they always talk about improv as like, <clears throat> it's like watching somebody walk on a tightrope or like mm-hmm. do like aerial stunts or whatever. But the difference is that everybody thinks they can improvise yeah, because yeah. you're just making shit up, whereas yeah. not everybody goes, I could get up on a tightrope, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of people who do it badly. Yeah, and it's, uh, but what but well, we gotta, what, what I we got to s- do is we got to make the stakes higher. Right. People who are bad at improv need to somehow fall to their deaths, <laughs> <laughs> or at least get beat up. <laughs> right. um, but uh, but what I saw of of, of the Ascat movie was uh, was very funny, and uh, you were very funny. Oh, it. thanks. Um, so yeah, uh, we we highly recommend everybody uh, uh, watch that, and then also uh, seek out his uh, uh, stand up clips online. And uh, Sean, thank you very much for being and here. And, and embrace the sappiness of Christmas. Yeah, that's what this show has been all about. Yeah, I I'm I'm actually on board with with that theme of this episode. Why that, not uh, why not be sappy sometimes? Yeah, it makes life better. It really does. Yeah, I'm I'm a much happier person than <laughs> yes. I was ten years ago. But uh, anyway, so uh, so thanks for being here. Thank you for having me.
And as always, you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, write us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at The Pretension. Tyler is at More Lessons, which is the Twitter for his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at MoreThanOneLesson.com. And as always... Uh, don't forget about the donate do- donate button. That's right. <laughs> but not, don't there's wor- not a donut button. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, if only. <laughs> don't do- forget about inventing the donut button. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that's about all the plugs I have. I think. Yeah. Right? Well, there is going to be. Uh, we will announce next week. There's going to be a, a new way to donate that hopefully will uh, uh, be a little more, a little easier. Easier for you. Donuts, right? For Isn't us. it donuts? It's <laughs> donuts. Yeah, David kind of let the cat out of the bag on that one. It is well, the donut button. We sat down with some donuts. and we figured that if we can get the listeners to pay for our donuts, yeah, that's 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 seventy percent of the battle for protection budget right <laughs> that's there. True. Yeah, uh, da- that's the thing is David. He we were having a, a, a business meeting and David used the term dollars to donuts, and uh, we both instantly looked at each other and said donut button. Oh man. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we will we'll uh, let you guys know next week uh, what we plan on doing about that. But uh, anyway, so uh, again, Sean, thanks for being here, and uh, thank you guys for listening. And Merry, we'll get you next Merry time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. God bless us, everyone.